7.30 on ESPN. God, I cannot wait. It's been the slowest day ever for 7.30 to get here. But, hey, it's it's all good. It's all good. 7.30 is going to start. Josh Helmer, maybe the game's over by 8 p.m. Maybe that's why we got to wait all day long. The, the first pitch happens at 7.30, and by 8 o'clock we're saying, yeah, okay, this one's this one's done. It's over with. Let's Not good on. enough. I'm rooting for 7.45. <laughs> yes. It was um, – it was about 15 minutes. No, it wasn't even 15 minutes against UCLA. Um, it wasn't 15 minutes against Texas the first time around. And granted, 2 nothing is you know not the nail in the coffin, but you kind of felt it the last time they played Texas. Like, Jocelyn Allo hits that bomb. Yeah, okay, I have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen here. So this, this team is rolling, man, and I guess the big question, it's a big question. I don't really under- know why that it is. Who's going to start tonight? I feel like it's pretty obvious. I think it's Hope Troutwine. I could be totally surprised tonight, Josh, if Jordy Ball gets the start, and she did look good in her previous um, appearance on Monday outside of the home run that she gave up. But you stick with the hot hand, just like you did last year uh, with G. Juarez. I'd be – I'm not going to criticize Patty for whatever decision that she makes. I trust her. I, I would just really think that it's Hope Troutwine tonight. You've got a pitcher in Hope Troutwine that's perfect in this Women's College World Series. She's 3-0 and for Oklahoma. So it seems like it's a no-brainer in that regard. You would go with Hope Troutwine to start tonight and feel pretty comfortable doing so. You feel like she's going to go deliver a quality start for you. I really, you know, feel like the final hurdle – an obstacle for Oklahoma was overcome by beating UCLA. Felt like that, didn't it? Felt like that the other day. I still feel that way today. And the fact that you've lost once to Texas, I think, clearly has Oklahoma's attention going into this championship series final. Looks like a team to me that is very clearly on a mission, was not going to be denied by UCLA Jocelyn Allo and company, they want to, well, for Allo, she wants a second national championship ring while at Oklahoma. And I just, it's going to be a shock to me if they lose tonight, if they lose a couple of games in this series. I think they're rolling through each of these two games in the championship series. I, I know that sports doesn't always work out this way. In fact, it probably rarely does. But it just kind of feels like this is the ending that's supposed to happen for this team and Jocelyn Allo playing her final couple of games left for OU. I, I'm with you, man. It, I have a hard time believing that Texas can beat this team twice in three days. But in that, Josh, you kind of have to think about it a little bit. Are we going into this thing a little too overconfident? Because I haven't really heard uh, an OU fan base this confident going into the championship series and, you know, the, the multiple championship series they played over the past several years. Florida State last year, you felt good about it, but it was also like, yeah, they're good in the circle. We know about Sydney Sherrill. She's really good, too. Auburn back in 2016, yeah, Auburn's really good. They're the number four overall seed. You get the point. I feel like we're more confident than we've ever been heading into a championship series. Do we, so do we need to caution ourselves at least a little bit about being overconfident in this thing and acting like it's already won? Yeah, probably, right, because it's a championship series and it's not as though Texas got here for no reason. They've already beaten you once. Now, that's, you know, not to say that Oklahoma won the 
other three times that they've matched up this season and a couple of those in lopsided fashion. So Dolcini, to me, I mean, that's that's really the big key for Texas. She's got to deliver what she did in the win that they had over Oklahoma. You have to have something similar. Uh, I, I don't know that – to me, it's just going to be so hard to – twice in a championship series versus Oklahoma hold this offense down like Dulcini did when she pitched seven innings and only gave up the the two earned runs asking her to do that twice seems it just seems unlikely to me but that's what it's going to have to take for Texas yeah I I mean they're going to need Texas is going to need the ball to bounce their way a little bit Um, I mean because let's be honest look at the types of plays it took for them to beat Oklahoma State on Monday night. Now, game one, Texas earned that one, and you give them all the credit. I think they had, what, a, a shutout performance in game one. But game two, they were down 5 nothing, and OSU had to throw the ball into center field for that game really to shift. I, I still stand by, Josh. I'd be more nervous about a Bedlam championship series than I am with this OU Texas championship series. And maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i a victim of my, my own question. I, maybe I'm going into this thing a little bit too overconfident. But to beat a team like OU twice in three days, that team's going to have to believe that they can beat OU twice in three days. And does Texas believe that? Maybe they do. But they're going to have to have some performances, like you said, outside Haley Dolcini that are as epic as they've seen all year long. And that's hard for me to imagine that someone outside Haley Dolcini can stymie this OU offense um, at, at some point in the series. I just I, I don't think that that's going to happen with the way this team is performing offensively. It's either that or what we've seen from Troutwine so far in the Women's College World Series, we don't see in this championship series. Or if you then at some point turn to Nicole May, we see more of what we saw in that game one versus UCLA where she gave up a couple of home runs. Jordy Ball, though, I thought she came in and made a statement that, okay, initially, Tyler, I was in the camp that really the other day going going into what turned out to be a doubleheader versus UCLA, I was sitting up here saying, if you're in the camp to where you're expecting Jordy Ball to start this game or to be a serious, serious factor in Oklahoma tracking down its sixth national championship, I got news for you that probably you need to rethink that a little bit. I've, after what I saw from Jordy Ball, have softened that stance a little bit. I mean, obviously, if she has to reinvent herself some, she's capable of doing that, and she showed that the other day. But having said that, all of the positive things that we saw from Jordy Ball, she did give up the late two-run home run in in her own right. So there, maybe, maybe the door is open for this Texas offense to hit Oklahoma's pitching better than we think that it is. But it's going to have to be some combination of that, right? I mean, you're along the way. If Texas wins this championship series, they have to get a gym like they got from Dulcini, and then one of those other games. Probably you're going to have to outslug Oklahoma a little bit, and that's just hard to see that happening. Yeah. Uh, text line, doesn't matter if fans are overconfident, only the players. Very true. You're right, Tyler. OSU was a better team than Texas. That showed up in the regular season when those two teams played and in the Big 12 tournament as well. So I know it's not the best-looking take to say that I still think OSU is the better team, but I still think OSU is the better team than Texas. Well, I, I do. There's a reason Texas is the first unseeded team to get to the championship series. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And there's a reason that Oklahoma State was 
seated where they were. I like this text. When Texas beat us in the regular season, they treat it like they just won the World Series. So my question is, can they handle the moment and the pressure of being the championship? I assure you, that was not forgotten when OU and Texas played on Saturday. We all remembered that moment. OU remembered that moment. And just because OU won that game 7-2 to on Saturday, I promise you, OU is in the mind. I don't think it's like their clear mindset. They're out for revenge because they celebrated whatever. But I'm, I'm sure that they're mindful of it a little bit, what happened in that game in Austin. This team just looks like they're playing like it. You can just tell mentality-wise they're, they're on a mission to, to, to finish this thing. They're on a real Resounding that they came back and won that game 15 to nothing and didn't waste any time jumping in front with TRA Jennings three-run home run and then obviously Allo right back at him with another three-run blast the the next inning. I just again I keep coming back to to me the emotional response there from Oklahoma versus what I think was the best team left in the field in UCLA. Faremo to me had the potential to puzzle Oklahoma's bats a little bit, uh, but obviously it didn't didn't wind up playing out that way once they turned to Acevedo in game two. So coming out and responding like that and getting over that hurdle when you were pushed to the brink of elimination in this uh, Women's College World Series, I just expect Oklahoma to come out and play really well. Tyler, what you talked about with Oklahoma State coughing up that game to Texas the other night. You think about this stage and the fact that now it's three consecutive years that Oklahoma has played in the championship series. Absolutely that matters for the Sooners going into this thing. I don't anticipate one of the best defensive teams, if not the best defensive team in America in Oklahoma, going out and making the types of no. mistakes that we saw from Oklahoma totally State agree. the other night. Totally agree. No, that's a great point. OU's not going to throw it from first base all the way to the left center field wall. I mean, if Texas is counting on that, good luck. That's not that's not going to happen. They're just so solid defensively all the way around, especially on the left side of that infield. With Janet Johns and Grace Lyons, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Texas would be the team that sure. I worry about yes. in that capacity. Especially tonight in game one where they haven't played on a, on a stage this massive. You know, and it's going to feel like a road game. We all agree with that? Oh, no doubt. John says, as for overconfidence, don't lose sight that Texas has beaten three seeded teams twice in a row to get to today. That's true, but again, it's a little bit different having to beat Oklahoma in Oklahoma City for the national championship. I think we can surely agree on that one. Uh, one more. Usually, I'm cautiously optimistic. This one, I have no concerns. Sure, they beat us once, but we also beat them five times this year. It's more comforting to me that we've seen them so many times this year. I, look, if you feel good about this thing, I'm going to be sitting there agreeing right along there with you. I, I feel good about it as well. Hey, but let's get an expert opinion on this. Michelle Smith, who is going to be on the broadcast tonight on ESPN. She's awesome. She does such a great job with her Women's College World Series coverage. We'll catch up with her next on what she thinks about OU, where Texas can really make a dent in the series, and more. Keep it locked on the ref. We are the Homo Sooner fans. Oh, let's go. It is the rush. Live on the ref, we are the Homo Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Josh Helmer is with me today. I'm excited, you're excited, we're all excited because it's 7.30 tonight. The championship series begins on ESPN and we could not find a better guest to talk to about. I love Michelle Smith. She's awesome. Two-time Olympic gold winner, ESPN college softball analyst. She is going to be on the broadcast tonight. Michelle, thank you for doing this. Welcome to the show. Um, first off... I don't think any of us were surprised that OU responded the way that they did against UCLA in Game 2 to get to the championship series, but 
Were even you surprised that that response meant a 15 nothing win over UCLA in five innings? Uh, well, first off, thanks, guys, for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, yeah, so the Sooners are always like a sleeping giant, and if you happen to be able to keep them down one, you know that you know, the next time they, they step in the box, they're probably going to do some great damage, and that's exactly what happened. Um, 15 to nothing just shows the power that they have, and to make that adjustment within a 30-minute time period after game one was over just shows how truly uh, talented this Sooner offense is. Feels like with Oklahoma as the defending national champion, we know what OU's been doing over the past decade. They're, of course, the heavy favorite going into this thing. Doesn't seem like a bunch of people are giving Texas much of a shot in this championship series. How do you view this championship series, and what does Texas need to accomplish in order to win this national championship? Yeah, well, you know, the, the game doesn't know who's supposed to win. Obviously, that the, the numbers are all stacked in Oklahoma's favor just because of simply how talented they are, how many runs they've put up, the experience they have. They've been here. Texas has not. But, you know, a team like Texas is on a roll. They have nothing to lose. They are in a good mindset because they're just playing on house money. And, uh, and they've basically said it. The fact that they've beaten uh, four ranked teams above them or seated teams above them just shows that they're going out there, they're – they're playing their best ball of the year, which is always what this sport is about. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And so, you know, Oklahoma is going to have to play a clean game. They're going to have to play their defense. They're going to have to have the steady Eddie pitching that they've had in the circle all year long. Um, and then, of course, the offense. You know, if they can put up five-plus runs uh, each game of the series, I think they win it in two. Michelle, Hope Troutwine's been great all year long, but it feels like to me that she's even turned it on to a different level during the postseason. Um, we all know that she's pitching well, but why is she pitching well? What is she doing right now, Michelle, to keep so many hitters off balance? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're so on the mark with that. She, you know, she's a very good pitcher. She's got a great rise ball. She throws a two-seam rise ball, which is a little more unique than a four-seam rise ball. I, I threw a two-seam rise ball, and it always – Floors me every time I ask, uh, you know, pitchers which they're throwing, and, and they always say four seam instead of two seam. So I think that that two seam rise ball is a unique look. I think now she's just doing a better job with controlling at bats. Um, you know, not putting as many free passes on. So that's a that's a huge component of being successful in the circle. Uh, you know, she's having fun. You see her smiling out there. She's relaxed. That's another huge component of you know really pitching well. Is making sure you're not throwing through your spins. Um, I think the other aspect that makes her very unique is that lefties actually hit lower against her than righties do. And so a lot of the lineups she's gone up against have had some really good left-handed hitters, and she's really been able to, to keep them stymied. Um, I think lefties are hitting like the 093, and righties are hitting you know maybe 30 points higher. It's not a lot, but it's enough that it makes a difference, especially in our sport where it's all about lefty speed getting on base and some lefty power. What do you sort of envision from each team's approach in terms of the circle? Obviously talking about Troutwine right there. She would seem to be the obvious choice for Oklahoma to start this championship series, but after Jordy Ball got some work the other day, how do you see Oklahoma and Texas's respective approaches in the circle entering this championship series? Yeah, I think that definitely Hope will be in the circle um, this evening to start game one. I think Jordy Ball, I, you know, Coach Gasso had mentioned that she really wasn't sure what she was going to get when she threw that um, one-third of an inning against Northwestern. You know, she gave up two hits before she could get that out. I think that's the only reason they didn't start her, um, you know, against UCLA because they really weren't sure, uh, you know, with her injury what she was capable of doing. 
On the flip side for Texas, you know, they've got uh, they're, they're going to pitch by committee. Helly Delcini is, is their ace. I think she's a little out of gas. Estelle Check has been outstanding the last couple games, the lefty for them. Um, you know, if you look at the breakdowns for Oklahoma, their offense hits uh, 353 against lefties and about 370 against righties. So, you know, they're going to do, do damage no matter who's in the circle. Um, Sophia Simpson, the freshman pitcher for Texas, uh, has thrown against Oklahoma. She got hit hard. She has a very good changeup. But she was also the one that threw game three against Arkansas and, and threw a shutout to get them to the Women's College World Series. So they do have a you know, plethora of arms that they can use in, in different situations. I do think the most experienced is going to be Dulcini, who does have one of three wins against Oklahoma, however. Michelle Smith is our guest, ESPN college softball analyst. She'll be on the broadcast tonight, 7.30 on ESPN. Michelle Smith was a great pitcher in her own right for Oklahoma State, Team USA. So, Michelle, if you were in the circle tonight, how would you try to attack this OU offense? Well, for me as a lefty, I would definitely try to get underneath their hands. I would definitely use my rise ball, uh, trying to make them chase upstairs, but you have to mix speeds. Um, but again, Oklahoma does such a good job of adjusting, not just at bat to a bat, but pitch to pitch. You, you cannot be predictable. You have to start them differently every single time. Um, they're just smart. They're, they're, they're hitting IQ is off the charts. And, and you have to be intuitive against a team, a very strong team. You know, this is like going up against the Team USA lineup or a Team Japan lineup where, you know, when you're in the circle, every pitch counts. You have to be on the edges. You can't leave anything over the middle. And then strategically, you have to make really good decisions. I was actually surprised when Texas and Oklahoma faced off earlier in the Women's College World Series that they pitched to Jocelyn with the base open. And, of course, she hit, she hit a two-run home run. Yeah, so yeah. It'll, be, yeah, it'll be interesting if they – if they make Oklahoma pass the bat and have someone else do the damage, I mean, when you have Tari Jennings protecting Allo, though, you know, <laughs> you go from a really hard out to another really hard out. So, um, you know, I, I think, though, that the key is whoever's in the circle going against uh, the Sooners, you just have to be able to, to live on the edges, mix speeds, and, and hopefully uh, get them to chase. But they don't do that. So it's a, it's a battle. <laughs> Michelle, Oklahoma fans have been spoiled with some of the greatest hitters in college softball history here in recent memory when you think about Lauren Chamberlain and obviously now the new home run queen and Jocelyn Allo. One of the items I think that was important to Allo early in her career was to not be the player simply following Lauren Chamberlain. She wanted her own legacy. It's safe to say she's established that now. When you think about just the history of the game of college softball, how do you sort of put into terms what Jocelyn Allo is doing right now in this Women's College World Series and just the the totality of her career? Yeah, I mean, she's amazing. The legacy that she's leaving behind, not just with her batting average and home runs, just, you know, pushing the numbers off the charts. It's the way she does, does it. It's her smile, the supportive teammate that she is. You know, I think she learned a lot of lessons between her, her freshman and sophomore year. In her sophomore year, she struggled a little bit, and I think that little bit of a struggle ended up being a blessing in disguise for her because since that moment she really turned things around um i'm just i'm proud of the woman that she is and um you know it's good for the sport it, it, people are paying attention to us the sport of softball has truly uh, grown over the last um you know decade or two and uh for those of us that have been in the game forever and ever it seems um you, you know it's nice to see the women that are playing now really get the recognition that they deserve but jocelyn allo i think will be written in the books for a long time and uh, will do well representing the sport uh, in the future as well. Where does she rank in terms of best college softball hitters you've ever seen? 
I, th- I think you have to say she's the top college uh, hitter ever. Um, power, batting average. I mean, she's over 500. She's got 32 home runs on the year, 120 in her career. So, you know, she's not just the uh, the average hitter, the four average hitter. She hits for an amazing batting average and for an amazing amount of power. I mean, when you look at like her runs created, I mean, she she creates like 200% runs more than anybody else. It's just it's just unbelievable. But when you think back of Stacey Newman and Lauren Chamberlain, as amazing as they were, I, I think with Jossie, you just you have to put her at the top. With the experience factor, obviously, on the side of Oklahoma, you know, you don't want to say game one is a must win for either team, but it feels like it ratchets up in importance for Texas from that standpoint. Can Texas win this championship series without taking game one in your mind? No, I don't think so. I, I think, um, you know, Oklahoma did it last year. They they lost game one to Florida State and then, um, you know, came back one games two and three. 75% of uh, the winners of game one go on to win the champ series. So, you know, you'd have to have a team like uh, Oklahoma in order to drop your first game and, and still come back and win game two and three. I think that I think game one is more important for Texas than it is for Oklahoma, but I think absolutely the winner of game one is, is – uh, <laughs> is that much closer, 75% closer to winning that uh, and, and lifting up that, that trophy. Michelle Smith is our guest. Hey, last question, Michelle. Um, it's hard not to be really excited about the current state of college softball and the future of college softball when you continue to see the crowds that show up at Hall of Fame Stadium. And not just for the games that Oklahoma or Oklahoma State is playing. It's late on a Thursday or Wednesday night when – uh, an SEC and a Pac-12 team are playing, and the place is still packed. How how are you right now with the current state of college softball? Are you happy with the growth of the game, or can we even do a better job with that? What, what's the current state? Um, I, I am happy with, with where we're at now, but there's always room for improvement. I think there's a lot of institutions out there that need to build better, bigger and better stadiums. Oklahoma State, uh, Kenny Gajewski has been outstanding in his tenure that he's been there. But, you know, they need a new stadium. Uh, Oklahoma's getting their new stadium because they fill it. Uh, so, you know, the Pac-12, quite a few of their institutions need to step up and build new stadiums for the, for the program. So I think we've done a really good job. I think that there's a lot of room for improvement. And then even beyond that, I'd like to see communities like Oklahoma City start to build nice stadiums so that we have opportunities to play our sport in communities around the country, not just at these collegiate stadiums, because we also do need to keep the sport growing beyond the collegiate game. And, you know, with the Olympics, it kind of in and out. That's a, that's a tough thing. So all these women do such a great job. They have so much opportunity when they're, they're playing college ball, but we need them to have the opportunity to continue to play the sport. You know, I did in Japan. I played 16 years professionally in Japan, and that was a big blessing for me, but kind of a bummer. You have to go halfway around the world in order to play in a legitimate professional league. So, you know, We're doing good, but absolutely always room for improvement. Michelle, you're the best. Thanks so much for hopping on with us, and best of luck tonight, 7.30 on ESPN, Game 1 of the Championship Series. Have a great broadcast. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you go, Michelle Smith. She is amazing. Appreciate her so much. All right, let's get the text line fired up. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. More softball, more football on the other side, live on the Homeless Sooner fans. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers are bringing you hour number one of The Rush. Tyler McComas in studio, Josh Helmer with me. We are with you until 6 p.m. tonight. And the Air Comfort Solutions text line is popping as always. Allo and Jennings are no doubt awesome, but man, if Jada sets the tone early, 
look out. That's a great point. And Jada has done exactly that, setting the tone early. Feels like um, what, like two or four of these games, she's gotten a leadoff double that's really gotten the party started. So you got to take in game two versus UCLA from what? Right here, right? <laughs> Can I tell a quick side story? Yes, about share, this? share yeah. your anecdote, please. Um, so, yeah, I'm like really where I'm sitting right here. I'm watching the game. And it was Allo's um, three-run bomb in the first inning. And she hits it, and it's a big no-no in, in sports radio to do play-by-play of a live event that you're not caring. You're not really supposed to do that. But Correct. it's what everyone cares about, so I'm trying to keep everyone up to date with it and everything like that. She hits it so deep that I'm like, oh, stay fair, stay fair, stay fair. And it did. It stayed fair. It was a home run. The problem was she hit it so deep, I was looking at the wrong foul pole. There's another foul pole at Hall of Fame Stadium behind the actual foul pole that they used. But she hit it so deep, I was looking at the other foul pole that was behind trying to come up with if it was fair or foul. Moral of the story, I feel like a moron, or I felt like a moron, I should say. And, uh, yeah, she hit a home run and all was was done right then and there. So – You were watching on TV like I was for game two. Did you see the look on Jada Coleman's face when they panned the camera over to her right before that game started? Honestly, I I heard you reference it on the Plank Show. What would that have been yesterday, I guess? Um, No, but I went back and watched it, and I see exactly what you're talking about. I mean, it was – it was a look that was uncommon for her because you think about Jada Coleman. And she's, she's loose and fun. You know, Energizer yeah. Bunny type vibe to her, walking off the bus, screaming boomer every time they arrive at the at the park. And it was not that for Jada Coleman the other day after game one. And it kind of made me wonder for, eh, again, about two and a half minutes before that game got going. But you're right. I mean, she – she clearly had a mindset about her that, no, I'm not going to be denied. This team is not going to be denied. And she has been so good, so good setting the table for Oklahoma with her combination of power and speed and just getting to those bats with typically a runner on base to either Allo or T.R.A. Jennings. So that is a a good point from the text line about the type of impact that Jada Coleman has made. Yeah, I mean, I I think you've got three real candidates for MVP right now. I don't put Jada Coleman in that mix, but she's been awesome. I think Tiare Jennings, Jocelyn Allo, and Hope Troutwine are your three players right now. And depending on what they do, that's going to ultimately decide who the WCWS MVP is, because I think all three of those players are in contention right now. Now, it's going to be really easy to give it to Jocelyn Allo because of the name, but I tell you, as good as Hope Troutwine has been up to this point, it's going to be really hard not to give it to Hope if she wins a couple of these games and OU wins the championship. Depending on how the games play out, if you win one of these games 3-2 to two and Hope Troutwine has seven, eight strikeouts, whatever it is over the course of – seven uh, innings and then follows that up with, you know, a similar pitcher's duel type performance where uh, Oklahoma wins, then, yeah, I think she probably would capture the the MVP. From the 918, chances there are zero home runs tonight? Well, not very good. OU has homered in 27 consecutive games and 54 out of 60 games this year. (laughs) That is unbelievable. uh, Even in the game that Texas beat OU – Kenzie Hansen hit a home run in that game. So even the game where Dulcini was her best against OU, 
she gave up a home run. And we know that she gave up a home run on Saturday to Jocelyn Allo in the first inning. So I'd say the chances are not very high right there around zero. We'll probably see a home run. Four out of 60. That's yeah. amazing. And, and five games in a lot of those games, too. Or five innings, I should say, in a lot of those games. Good point, yeah. You didn't get to play the full seven in, what, 40 of the 60 games that you've played crazy and the fact that they've done that in 27 consecutive games when obviously you're going into NCAA regionals and then super regionals and the women's college world series that nobody has been able to hold this lineup completely down it's just incredible Jocelyn Allo is the greatest player in this program's history no question but Grace has been the MVP this year look if you want to throw praise Grace Lyons way I am totally cool with that she is here's the thing is it's hard to really determine who the real MVP is this year. Does Grace Lyons have the offensive numbers of a Jocelyn Allo? No. But is she the best defensive player on the team? Yeah, probably. Is she like the overall leader of the team? Well, maybe her or Lindsey Elam kind of take your pick there. Um, I, yeah, I, all the praise you would throw Grace Lyons' way. Sure, because you know maybe she doesn't get as many accolades as Jordy Ball or, or Jocelyn Allo or maybe even Tiare Jennings, but Grace Lyons, I mean – you can't you can't replace a player like that. You you can't. Well, and it's a big part of the reason that I think you and I and seems like most everybody on the text line this afternoon, it's a big part of the reason why you're so comfortable going into this championship series and what we've discussed. Maybe overconfident going into this championship series, but she's so good defensively, Tyler, that what she does out there in addition in, in combination with everything else that's around her defensively, you just feel so confident that Oklahoma on this stage, given that they've been on this stage three consecutive years in a row, they're not going to make mistakes. When yeah. she gets a you know a hard hit ball over her way, over at short, she's going to turn two or she's going to make the right decision about nine and a half times out of ten. I love this next text because it kind of intertwines two major stories that are out there. Mule Shoe should take notes on Patty Gasso building rosters because she can build the best rosters and win national championships. You know, Patty Gasso has created a dynasty in Norman, Oklahoma. If you want to argue her as the greatest head coach in OU history, I think few would argue with that. That's really tough company, but few would argue with that. One thing Patty Gasso has never done, like Muleshoe did yesterday, is come out and say, well, I never won it because at best I had the third best roster, and in most years I had the worst roster in the four-team playoff. Look, Patty Gasso has never had the best facilities in her sport. A lot of times she's working at quite a bit of a deficit compared to some of these SEC schools, a lot of these SEC schools and Pac-12 schools. She doesn't have the – look, Oklahoma's a great state for softball, but we can all admit it's not California or some other states across the country. She's never come out and complained. You know what she's done? What an elite coach does, she finds ways to win. All right, I don't have the best facility. I got to go to the West Coast to get the players. Let's do it. Let's not complain in an article to Dennis Dodd and put the blame on somebody else. No, I'll just go take care of it myself. So, yes, in a world of Lincoln Riley's, be a Patty Gasso. Isn't that probably a saying that's out there on social media somewhere else? If yes, it's be not, a Patty Gasso. She doesn't make excuses. She just makes it happen. If it's not a saying, you just might have made it one. I mean, Fire up God. the t-shirts. It's just ridiculous. It's a good point you make about Patty Gasso, too, that she has built this thing into the juggernaut, into the dynasty of college softball. 
when a lot of the factors were working against her and Oklahoma. When when she came to OU, really, really nobody this far east was winning national championships. And really, I mean, obviously you'd say central of the United States, but it was Oklahoma and Patty Gasso breaking through in 2000, getting that national championship that – that spearheaded the way the sport has has shifted out to some of these SEC powers that we see now. Uh, obviously, what Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Texas have been doing, and all of that while not necessarily playing on the same playing field and making no excuses about it. Yeah, I, I mean that's yeah, never making an excuse about it. It's like okay, here's our situation. Let's figure out a way to maximize our potential. And she's done just that. She's on the verge of winning her sixth national championship. She's maximized OU's potential. And that's what you do. Dude, collegiate sports, not everything is perfect, okay? You're not always going to be gifted the best roster and the best situation and the best conference or whatever. The elite coaches out there, the best coaches out there, figure out a way to make it happen like Patty Gasser. They don't go to CBSSports.com and complain about it in an article. When I say that that was a loser statement by Lincoln Riley yesterday, I mean it. It was a loser statement by Lincoln Riley. And I'm in the belief if you make statements like that in a public forum, you ain't winning a championship. You don't know how to win a championship if you go about things that way. I'd be pissed if I was a former player of his, by the way. And yeah. I mean, he, he clearly took a shot at what the rosters were that he took to the college football playoff and didn't take any accountability for the fact that he put the rosters together. Not all of it, right? Obviously, 2017, he uh, inherited. But a lot of the decision-making along the way, it was Lincoln Riley's. Right, I mean, Mike Stoops was was back in 2018 because of Lincoln Riley. Would that have changed the fortunes if uh, a decision was made quicker to to not have Mike Stoops back? I don't know. But from that point on, what you were offensively, defensively, I mean, you're doing you're doing the recruiting. You're the head coach. Yeah, it's it's your problem. And like I said yesterday, okay, it doesn't happen at USC. Spoiler alert: It ain't gonna happen at USC. What does he blame it on now? Well, USC just isn't the program that it used to be. We just can't. We're a little bit limited here. We can't build the best roster. You've kind of set something now, and and no one's going to forget about that quote. I promise you, especially around here. If you don't go do it at USC, what's your excuse now? You going to clown on your players, say that they weren't good enough again? Uh, Are you going to put all the faults on the program and not the coach? What are you going to do now, buddy? And it annoyed me yesterday because I'm done talking about him. I really am. Um, but it's hard not to talk about him when he says stupid stuff like that. Well, and it, it does imply that now he's in a situation at USC to where that's no longer going to be a problem, right? To where defensively he'll enter a college football playoff if and when he gets there and will be better positioned and will not have the third or fourth best roster in a college football playoff. He's set that standard for himself that USC is a – better job to recruit talent too so he better deliver on it yeah hey we're for sure playing softball games tonight right I've been under the assumption all day long that they're they're going to I mean we're still what gosh around four hours away from first pitch so I think that they can get the field ready but there's like text lines saying hey there's a rumor the game is canceled is it true I have not heard that rumor well I haven't I haven't heard anything on an official front that yeah. that's going to be the case either. I mean, it's you've had quite a bit of time yeah. here to get things ready. Yeah, you've had a lot of time. And, and I'll tell you this, Josh, and, and you know this too. 
they're going to do everything, and I mean everything in their power, to make this game happen tonight. On because, schedule. Because if, exact, because if you don't, it really throws things off for the remainder of the week. You want that 7.30 prime time spot on ESPN. You want that really bad because there's going to be a whole lot of eyeballs on that softball game. You would not want a situation. I don't know what the contingency plan would be. You wouldn't want to have to play a doubleheader tomorrow or anything like that with the game early on in the day. They're going to do everything in their power to play this game tonight, and I'm going to guess that, that that's exactly what happens. They play the game tonight. Yeah, I mean, the field would have to be in really poor condition, yeah. I think. It would have to be pouring like it was earlier at 730, I think, to not play this game. How about that? Agreed. Agreed. I, I think we're playing. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. But no, I, I have not honestly heard any rumors about this game being canceled. I've heard just the opposite: is they're gonna they're, they're gonna make this thing happen and play. But if we hear any updates, um, I promise you, you'll be the first one to know. So keep it locked on the ref. More of your texts coming up next: four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep it locked here. It is the rush live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. We're not going to bore you with any NBA finals talk or anything like that. <laughs> Who cares? You care about college softball being played tonight. You care about college football, so yeah, we actually talk about the things you care about. I'm going to like sprinkle in some stats throughout the show today. Uh, OU softball stats, courtesy of Soonersports.com. Try uh, try this one on for size. Every OU loss this season was followed by a run rule victory. <sighs> How does that sound? <laughs> and the previous one was the uh, largest win in Women's College World Series history, 50 nothing. Yeah. The way they respond, man, respond like champions. It's just amazing. Just amazing what they continue to do and – I mean, what they, the demolition they had of UCLA the other day was fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> fascinating isn't great. Like, I'm not surprised that they responded. None of us are. But am I surprised they responded 15 nothing in five innings? Yeah, honestly. And I've said it multiple times this year. Never, never be surprised by the incredible from this team because it seems like they always one up themselves somehow. I was surprised about that. I mean, a program like UCLA, UCLA, man. I mean, this is not a Johnny Cup. This is a blue blood of the sport. Maybe the most successful sport since the thing has been played. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got the most national titles with with 12 and obviously got the better of Oklahoma not too awful long ago. And what do you do? You pound them into submission. Uh, By the way, text line, uh, David from Norman, Hall of Fame announced uh, the game is a go. Uh, The team showed up at Hall of Fame Stadium around 2, so I'd say that they're still playing. Uh, Field is prepped and ready to go as of a few minutes ago. Dang, everyone on the text line is on the the situation out there. How are the warning tracks out there, guys? You seem to be all over this thing. Are the warning tracks dry and ready to go? We're just talking about it, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 it's it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, the the playing surface is good. What has the afternoon bullpen session look like seriously the the rain and time to work on it probably will make it pristine tonight it's been a dry dust bowl the last few days it was thirsty yeah maybe uh maybe situational to be perfect tonight at hall of fame stadium that's what we're hoping for again i mean there's been a nice little window here with no rain so i'd imagine it's gonna be it's gonna be okay you have a real chance to deliver a um a real haymaker tonight you have a real chance to come out, um, assert your dominance, and kind of let Texas know 
this is our championship, guys. Sorry. I mean, you could go out and put a hurting on them, and there's still one more game that you have to win, but I do envision a scenario here, Josh, where we come out of game one tonight saying, yeah, what we thought was going to happen in this series is, is exactly what's going to happen, and we only needed seven innings to see that. Might not need seven innings to see that if things go well, according yeah, to the right. plan yeah, that yeah, yeah. I'm thinking they might. No, but I, I get what you're saying, and that's why I wanted to hear what Michelle Smith would say about that from the perspective of, okay, what will it take for Texas to win this championship series? Can they win this championship series if they don't take game one? And Tyler, she was demonstrative. Texas has to win tonight. Yeah. Uh, warning track looks great, by the way, on the text line. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> There's also a camera uh, set up to watch Jossie in the dugout. Uh, Daniel says 69 degrees here in Broken Arrow. Appreciate that, Daniel. Nice. Yeah, yeah, very nice. So It's going to be a nice night. I wish I was going to the game, man. But ticket prices are just ridiculous for this thing. What's the resale market look like? Um, I need to go back and check. Um, I was mostly looking at game two. Look, my opinion... I think if you've got if your budget allows for just one game to go to the Women's College World Series Championship Series, I'm buying game two tickets because uh, I I would want to watch OU win that championship in person. Right? Am and I we wrong feel, about that? I, no. I, game two is what I'm. I'm no, we feel at. pretty confident that's when it's going to happen too. That OU's going to make quick work of this thing. Ninety-five-five will probably be the split tonight in the stadium. There's been a decent amount of Texas fans that have showed up, including Cat Osterman. But it's going to be like a 95-5 split tonight in that place. Yeah, it's going to be lopsided. It's going to be lopsided, and it's going to be awesome. All right, hour two of the rush is next. Keep it locked on the ref.